I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. He's narrowed down his fandom choices to three. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? It's been an eventful past few days. The time is coming to make a decision, but these pitches from these three teams. So I narrowed down the three choices to Arsenal, Everton, Arsenal, Chelsea, Everton, (laughs) Chelsea, and Chelsea. We've if you're if you're just now listening to this podcast over the past three or four days, Nick (laughs) and I are trying to decide our. Uh, English Premier League fandom. We, we want to be soccer fans. We we after yes. the World Cup, we were like, man, this is something I've thought about. This is honestly something I've thought about for a long time and just never dove headfirst into it. And I need to. It's like the WNBA with me. Like I knew I was going to be a fan. I just needed to dive in, get get with a team. It was the Wings, and now I'm a Wings fan, and here we are. I'm an international soccer person. I just want a club. So yes. Anyway, I've been I've been really researching it. I've I've sent out a bunch of tweets today, guys. My my inbox right now is just all DMs about soccer and people making their pitches for teams. And Arsenal, I it's, get like it's way better than complaining about the Mavs. That's for sure. One hundred percent. I I struggle to interact with people on Twitter uh, about basketball. It's I really struggle sometimes because it's just it's difficult for me sometimes. And one, I don't argue on social media. That's like one of my my number one rules. And but soccer has been fun to interact with people about. Anyway, Arsenal, Dirk loves Arsenal, and that's huge. That's a that's a big thing because Dirk likes Arsenal. So that's wow. a that's a that's a big player for me. Big card. Um, we don't have Madrid have some, in there with Luca though. Yeah, well, Madrid's in a different league. We're focused on the EPL, that's and fine. that's fair. You just called me out but, for not knowing that. But. Arsenal was gaining some momentum until Ooh. James Harden was there was there today wearing an Arsenal jersey and that kind of changed a little things uh, because wow. I don't know about James Harden. Wow. Uh, so anyway, they're they're still in the mix. They're still in the mix. Everton. I've heard a lot of great things about Everton. What they do in the community. Um, they don't have. They're not as far as like top teams. They're not there. But uh, so it'd probably be one of those things where I think people would accept it more if we picked Everton, but we probably won't get a lot of winning, I would assume. But I've heard a lot of good things. I like their jerseys, too. Uh, we're not just in this player. for the wins, guys. It's not what we're exactly. in this for. And people are telling us, they keep telling us, you can't pick a team based off this thing. Or Like, I ruled out Liverpool because LeBron has a part ownership in that, and I'm not a big <laughs> LeBron fan, so I'm sorry. I just can't root for this LeBron. And people are like, you can't decide a team over that. Yeah, I can. Well, this, I, I'm deciding what, who we're going to be fans of, over. Like, I can set my own criteria for that. And uh, so anyway, and then the last one's Chelsea. Chelsea has more players that I know, and they're Nike. But I, I guess they're a bigger club, and people don't like, wouldn't like the idea if we pick Chelsea because they're bigger. And I've heard they have a Russian mob owner. And I'm okay as yeah. long as the Russians are using their money to help um, the team that we support, right? Like if they're using their money against us, then you know. Yeah, I still have or to, to understand, influence like, our tra- elections. 
Oof. I have to throw that in there. Um, transfer windows and all that stuff and loans. I, I don't fully grasp that yet, but eventually I will. Once we to. pick a team, I'm so I'm so ready for this. So anyway, those are our three teams. We heard the pitches. We ha- we took the private, but it, source it, it got out that our private plane left Liverpool and flew to London today, and it it really made me mad because people were tracking it uh, with the choppers and stuff. But we've heard the pitches. We're going to debate on it and think about it for a while. And maybe by the end of the week, we'll pick our team and. I'm hearing 99%. (laughs) Ari says that one team is in panic mode. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, Michael Rappaport has has decided who it's going to be. It just came out of nowhere and pushed a video about it. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, on the podcast. If y'all have any any other creative ways to pitch one of those three teams, I'm down to hear it. Chelsea, Everton, Arsenal. I've got some funny videos, some uh, self like in-person fan videos from people like the crowds, uh, different things that, yeah, because I, I want to eventually get a jersey too, so I yeah. want to know like how cool these jerseys look and everything. I need a side-by-side-by-side so. by side by side of the logos too, I think, just just to look at we, them all at the same time. We need our faces, and we need an edit no, with our faces no, and no. jerseys. This is never – any time anyone has ever done this, it has been nothing but creepy. When they put our face on things, <laughs> it's been nothing but creepy when that happens. <laughs> do not do that. Hey, don't do that. Anyway. Oh, gosh. All right. Really there's, our, there's, our so- there's our soccer talk. That's our soccer talk. All right. On the podcast today. The odds to make the playoffs are out via Action Network and Points Bet. We will talk about that. Who's the, also, who's the Action Network? The Action Network is what Worldwide Wob and uh, Matt Moore write for. Oh, okay, cool. They keep track of all the betting and all that kind of stuff. Hmm. So I trust them with it. Sweet. Um, yeah. Also, the competition committee, which apparently Dwight Powell has been part of for years. Let's go, Dwight. Who knew that? Uh, Brad Townsend found that out today. They announced that they w- there will be a coach's challenge next season in the NBA, so we'll discuss that. Uh, and then just some other random topics. This is, this is a random podcast topic day. So yeah. uh, if we get to the Northwest Division, we'll discuss some of those teams. But, uh, but yeah, we're going to be just bouncing all over the place today. All right, so the odds via the Act- Action Network – they say the Mavs right now have the same odds to make the playoffs as the Kings, the Pelicans, and you'll never guess the third team. I'll give you a hint. It is in the Eastern Conference. The odds to make the playoffs, the exact same Miami. as... It is not Miami. Orlando. It's not Orlando. Orlando is, is expected to make the playoffs. Detroit. It is not Detroit. It's well, who team. is it, Nick? It is the Chicago Bulls. Oof. Life in the East is very nice. <laughs> I'm telling you, the 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 two conference thing is going to be stronger than ever this year. Stronger than ever. Yes. We thought the complaints were bad before. It's going to get really, really bad this year. Because, Le- yeah, well, yeah. LeBron switched from east to west last year, but we didn't really get the full impact of that because he missed and all that mess with the Lakers. And now Kawhi is moving from east to west. And uh, like Conley went from a team that's you know not as good in the west to a better team. So now it's just it's just 
all those teams at the top are just – I mean, Porzingis went from a team from the east to the west this past year. So now strengthening yeah. all these teams. It is just crazy right now. OKC falling off will definitely help. The Mavericks' odds to make the playoffs in the west are better than the Thunder, the Timberwolves, the Grizzlies, and the Suns. Those are the only teams that they have better odds than. But they are expected to miss the playoffs according to this this thing that I've But they're the same as Sacramento. Same as Sacramento and the Pelicans, yep. So that puts the eight teams. The Clippers, the Jazz, in order. This is in order from, from most likely to least likely. Okay. The Clippers, the Jazz, the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Rockets, the Warriors, the Blazers, and the Spurs. Is that eight teams? That is eight teams. Okay. And then 9, 10, 11 is the Dallas, Sacramento, Dallas, New Sacramento, New Orleans, and then OKC and Minnesota, and then Phoenix, and then way down at the bottom is Memphis. <laughs> um, yeah, well... Uh, do we want to debate this or share where we feel on it, or are we just stating this? I was just stating this, but do you feel like that's a fair assessment of where the Mavs are right now? Yeah, I mean, this is a bigger topic that I want us to kind of dedicate a whole pod to as far as where, where the playoffs picture stands. But if I'm going to just try to sum, summarize it, I think Dallas is one of the hardest teams out of all of these teams to predict where they're going to land. Because, one, we haven't seen Christoph Porzingis play in 20 months, and two – we are still pretty young and we didn't add a huge um, difference maker, but How dare the, you. the counter to that is Boban is the biggest <laughs> difference maker. The counter to that is the ceiling of Luca and KP could be massive. And like we've seen across the league, when you have a duo like that, that is, I mean, that is at the top of their game and they're both playing incredible then that that lifts a team up a few spots in the standings. So it's just really, really, you know, if, if KP comes back and within the first couple of months is at the same level that he was playing at before his injury and Luca picks right up off where he left off and it is at a different level and he takes a next step forward in the best shape of his life. I mean, yeah. I mean, you you could put Dallas up another notch as far as fighting with those San Antonios of the world at the you know not not in that you know top four or five, but I think once you you know if you have Utah and the Lakers and the Clippers and let's just say the Nuggets and yeah, I said Utah, yeah. Yep. Well, let's say the Rockets. You know, to like any like. If Porzingis and Luca come off and they're at that level, then yeah, they're in that they're in that next six to nine spot in the in the West. If it takes a little bit of time and all of that stuff, then like a lot of people project it, and rightfully so, then yeah, they're they're you know they're right where they should be right there with the Sacramento Pelicans, all that stuff. It's just really hard because you're basing. A lot of what Dallas could do next year is based off Porzingis, and right now, it there's just no way to adequately project what Porzingis is going to be right now. Yeah, and so betting wise, you're like, well, do I want to bet on that guy? <laughs> you know, do I actually want to put my money down? We can talk all we want on this podcast and on Twitter and everything, but um, yeah, there were routes that Dallas could have went this offseason if they got a Kemba. Then you're like, okay, like or Tobias. Yeah, or Tobias, or even getting a Danny Green. You're like, all right, they added a, a major like piece to the starting unit to where they're definitely going to be like move up a notch. 
And right now, Dallas's projection, I would say, is 90% based off what Porzingis is. And to where before, it might have been like 70% of what Porzingis is, you know, is based off the projection of Dallas and all that stuff. So that might not have made any sense, but it's just really <laughs> they, hard to project Dallas right Just now. in short, they really need Porzingis to be good if they want to make the playoffs. They they rely on him. I mean, he ha- yes. like Luka has to be better than he was last year, and Porzingis has to be as good as he was before his injury, if not better. It's just so hard in the West right now. Yeah. And I, you know, and, and that's another thing. If you look back last year and even the past couple of seasons, I, I hate when we look at it and say, well, Dallas is a 33 win team. They were, but I'm not going to say and say that they didn't try their best to win every single game. Yeah. So, I had this, I had this, 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 this conversation with a guy named Brian that's followed me for a long time. And uh, he was like, well, but I was like, I think Brian, I think Brad Townsend said that the Mavs are going to win 37 to 40 games next year. And I'm like, the Mavs are only three or four wins better with Porzingis than they were last year. Cause they won 33 games. And he was like, most of the players that won 33 games aren't there anymore with the Mavericks. And I was like, that's a good point. However, the players that <laughs> lost the 49 games <laughs> aren't there anymore. It's just a very different team now with Luke at the, the, the forefront and, you know, not having any reason. To, I guess they actually do have a reason to tank this year. <laughs> they, they have their pick no, no matter what. But yeah, the, but you don't the, want to put, yeah. I mean, we keep saying that, but if it gets to the end of the year, well, yeah, you don't want to put Luca through that uh, another his first two years in the league. KP's been dying to come back and all like they're expecting to push for, you know, you don't sign Boban, you know, to like you don't yeah, I get the Delon, but like you are you are going to be better. That that's why you are going to be better because yeah. you are adding Porzingis to this. You are adding Delon Wright, Seth Curry, Boban, these three players to the rotation that you didn't have last last year, and they're you know they're positives to the rotation. And like we've been talking about a lot, they have cap space. They're they they might not be done, and we got to see what another piece that they can you know bring. In. If they go out and use this cap space and somehow bring in Andrea Gudala or Dragic or some or Gallinari, like that's huge. You know that that pushes them up a, another tiny little step. Yeah, I don't know if Iguodala I, does as much as the other two, but oh, I think uh, yeah, I think you would. I, can I mention ro- one small thing about Dragic? Yeah, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about Dragic. We'll talk about the goal. We'll talk about the uh, coaches' challenge, all that kind of stuff. All right, so the Mavericks right now, the only for sure move that they've made so far is DeLon Wright. That's the only thing that's really been signed as of right now. Seth Curry still hasn't even officially been signed yet. None of the re-signed guys have been official yet. Uh, We're still waiting on those things, which, as we've been saying, at least right now uh, on Tuesday night, uh, it means that Dallas is still at least looking for other things to do with their cap space. Yeah, I got a couple of texts about it today. I'm like, hey, why haven't some of these signings went through official, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what it feel, It feels like Dallas is waiting for the, the Russell Westbrook shoe to drop. And, you know, are they going to be involved with that? Can they take on somebody? Can, you know, do they want to take on somebody in that type of deal? Because, yeah, it's like we said, they made the little DeLon Wright thing official. They can make the Seth Curry thing official at any time. That's not going to cap, you know, affect your $14 million in cap space still left. Uh, but they they're holding off on that, um, and then they still have the restricted guys. Uh, you know, Finney Smith, Porzingis, Maxi, and then Boban. You know, he's they got to wait on him because he's going to go to that exception. So it's it's a holding pattern right now, and you want to think it's just a holding pattern because 
they're waiting to see what else they can do. I want to, I just want to mention this tiny tidbit about Dragic. It seems like in media and reporting and stuff that Dallas has said no to Dragic multiple times, you know, from <laughs> the botched trade with Jimmy Butler and all this stuff. And it had a lot to do because he made 19 million, right? It was more of a money thing. Would you assume? Yeah, I think that was the initial. Yeah, they, yeah. Wanted, they wanted to do the Danny Green Delon Wright combination more than just getting Dragic. So here's something I want to throw out there that I haven't heard many people bring up and think about. You're on fire Dallas, with these things that no one has thought of before. By the way, people, we have the 14 million. If they do make a trade, let's say with Miami, uh, OKC, or whoever it is, and they route Dragic somewhere else. There's a scenario in which if Dragic goes to a bad team that they buy him out. And then he oh, could be a Dallas target. Interesting. And could could Dallas be thinking about if he goes to Oklahoma City and they're like, hey, they talk with Dragic and they're like, hey, we're rebuilding. We would love for you to be here. But like if if you don't want to be here, we can reach a number for you to buy out. Dallas could then come in and say, hey, we didn't want you at 19, but we would love to pay the difference of this buyout and pay you like 10 for this year blah 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 spend some of that 14 million on a buyout Dragic at that point interesting then you can then Carlisle can finally start his three-point guard lineup of Dragic Doncic and DeLon Wright <laughs> I, I actually that actually that's be not bad. bad right like that's not too <laughs> no, bad DeLon no, Wright wouldn't just, get to play make as much as he would want to probably but hey yeah I would just love I would just love Luca to be happy with Dragic I just yeah do we know that Luca really really wants Dragic on the team though I think so. I want to believe so. I want to believe he'd be excited about it, but I don't know if he's like, because some people have painted it as they didn't get Dragic and they, oh, they, they messed up by not bringing his, his guy on. Do we know that he's like really holding on to that? I don't know. I'm, I don't. Yeah. I mean, no, I want to assume that I want I want to assume that, you know, he would love for that to happen and Hey, make it happen. But anyway, I just wanted to throw, throw that out there that he could be a buyout. If Dragic, yeah, if Dragic doesn't get rerouted to Dallas, like, you know, all that stuff, he could be a buyout candidate for his new team if that's And there's a way for them to do that. If they send, you know, pretty much anything worth five million in the in the deal, uh, then they could do it. They could also stretch Courtney Lee and get right there. I mean, they could they could definitely do that. By the way, speaking of stretched, uh Sean Livingston is stretched today. Two things about Sean Livingston getting stretched. One, I don't think the Mavericks are going to to sign him. Uh, I think he goes probably to a contender. He should probably go to Orlando. That's a team that could really use him <laughs> in in this stage of his career, but if he does still want to go to a contender, there's obviously options. Probably he could go back to the Clippers. Uh I don't think I don't think the I don't think the Lakers have a a spot for him right now. They just have so many point guards. Uh and they have so many point guards and yet LeBron is apparently going to quote unquote play point guard this year. Okay. Um I think he should thing, go to the Clippers. Yeah, he should go back to the Clippers. The other thing about Sean Livingston, he he's stretched, and the Warriors have to pay six hundred and sixty-six thousand dollars over the next three years. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's not gonna haunt them in their nightmares, in their cap sheets. I don't, yeah. What did you say? You said no for Dallas, right? Yeah, no, I don't think Dallas has a spot for him. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so either. Great guy. I don't know where what he brings a lot to your team right now so right, at this stage. Right now, the Mavericks have fourteen guys on the roster, and so you got one more. Yeah, you, but if you I, if you had to, yeah, there's ways to to move things around. But if you had to bring yeah. a guard in, would you rather bring in Sean Livingston or Devin Harris? 
Devin. Right? Like, I think I would want to bring in Devin, too, just because he knows yeah. the organization. He knows Rick Carlisle. That's that's the thing that's going to be really important for this team, especially with, with Luca and, and Porzingis, you know, coming in as new, DeLon Wright new to Rick Carlisle. Like, these, they need to understand him as a coach, I think. And that, I think that's really important. Yeah, and, and this is another thing. I was actually thinking about this today because I was thinking about, you know, just how the roster's going to shake out and stuff. I'm like, uh, right now, it looks like Devin's probably not going to be there. But we've thought we've talked about this before when we were debating like Al Horford and some of these vets if you know Kimba if they sign these guys and bring them in the importance of having a really good veteran player actually in the rotation yeah if you look at how the roster's setting up right now they don't really have a ton of vets because even when you look at like Seth Curry Tim Hardaway Brunson Luca Justin Jackson KP Maxi, you know Boban to an extent, like Dorian Finney-Smith, like you're really, I know Hardaway's been in the league for a bit, but like if they, especially if they get rid of Courtney Lee, then you're looking at JJ Barea and then who's the next, who's the next like leadership vet? Dwight? Yes. I mean, that's why they're, yeah, I mean, that's why they they really like him a lot. They hope that he steps up into that role. Yeah. That's why. So it, I bring Isaac, he's on the competition committee. He's been on the competition (laughs) committee for years. Apparently none of us knew this. He, you know, it, it's not the end of the world, but it's like when you had Harrison, he was in one of those guys when you had, obviously if you had Dirk and stuff, but like when you had Wesley Matthews, he was one of those guys like DeAndre. those guys, Deandre. Yes. But yes, players love Deandre sure. he, as, as their vet. Like, and then, you know, when Devin was there, he was one of those guys and all of a sudden now all of these guys are gone and JJ's not even. I mean, we don't even know what kind of role he's going to have in the rotation with Brunson and Seth and DeLon Wright and all this different stuff. So, yeah, that's that's why I say it. I would love the Iguodala signing, too, because that's an added bonus because he would be a vet voice and have an integral role in the rotation. Once again, it's not the end of the world. I get it that if you don't, it's it's fine. But, that yeah, that's just another thing. I don't even know where I was going with it. It's just um, pointing it out. <laughs> Do you want to talk quick about the competition committee's decision with the coaches challenge? Are you for this or against it? I mean, I sure. I, I just I have questions about it. You know, I think what makes the NFL work is the fact that they have headsets on, and it's a fairly quick thing to where they have somebody up in the booth that's like, "Hey, I seen it. Yeah, challenge it." I think it's a little weird now it feels because like cheating, though, to me. Yeah, but like you see, like you see in the NFL, they're like they're like rushing to run a play super quick, so the yeah. other team can't get it signaled down to challenge it. How does that work now in the NBA? Are they gonna like? Can we reach a point to where Rick Carlisle could have an earpiece in? To where so when when's the cutoff in which you could challenge it? You know, What's the over under with Rick Carlisle ripping the earpiece out of his ear. Uh, beginning of the first quarter, two minutes into the first quarter. <laughs> I'm so I'm so intrigued what Rick thinks about this. But Rick is either yeah, going to use the challenge every single game or he'll never use it. I feel like it's only one of two ways. He either loves this idea or hates this idea. I just I want to know the timing of it. That's my biggest thing. How far can you wait to challenge it? Because are you going to be able to challenge it like instantly? Like if they go, if you know, Luca goes up for a three and then bam, he misses it. Do you have to challenge it before they go across half court again, or can they go down and run a play and then you're thinking about it? Does it ha- like how do they judge that? Of it has to be instant challenge and what is instant? You know, like. 
I just, I have so I have a lot of questions, and the fact that it can be any foul that rocked my world. I I understand like you know offensive interference, you know out of bounds, like you want to challenge stuff like that. I get that, but the fact that they can challenge a foul, that's wild to me because then it's I mean, yeah, and people it's gonna stop the game too because I mean there's so many fouls and. Well, what, how, if a play, if a coach can't see it, does this change the coach setting on the bench or not? You know, some benches, you know, like Kerr likes to just sit on the bench a lot. Does this make the coach say, I have to stand up at all times. I have to watch every play because now I can challenge it. You know, if I'm not, if I don't miss a play, <laughs> well, I can challenge I mean, that. If, if Kerr's not watching every play, then I don't know. <laughs> every crucial well, play, at least you, you'd hope that coaches would only do this in crucial moments. But I mean, but it's already... I guess there'll be pros and cons for, you know, under two, like under two minutes already reviews a lot of this stuff, right? You know? Yeah. My, I my guess they thing don't is review fouls, but how fast is it going to be? Right? Like, how fast are they going to be yeah. able to do it? Can they just, can't they just, all right, challenge. Okay. Go to Sakakis. All right. Sakakis says this in the earpiece of the ref. Like, all right, boom, we can make this really quick. But it seems like from reading about it, they're going to have to go over to the review thing. They're going to have to, you know, look at it. Now, one thing I do kind of like is you. Lo- it's the same as the NFL. You lose a timeout if you get it wrong. So then that takes away mm. another stoppage of, of play. So if you get it wrong, then it's not adding another stoppage, right? Like you'd, you'd hope that the review would be quicker than a timeout. So then maybe that gets sped up a little bit. However, okay. if they get it right, then they keep their timeout. And so then, you know, they can only do one challenge, but they keep the timeout and you can have another stoppage of play. I just want less stoppages of, of plays at the, in the final two minutes. Yeah, I just, I just don't see it. one. I don't see it getting used a lot, and I think in under two minutes they already review out of bounds plays and that stuff. I think the only way you're gonna the only time you're gonna see it is at end of games under a minute to go. Luca goes up for a step back three and he thinks he got hit on the elbow and they don't call it. Or or can you challenge it if they don't call it, or can you challenge it only if they call it? I think you can challenge anything. Because if they don't call it, then how, how does that work? Do you push the challenge and then they stop the game? Because that gets weird. Because would you challenge just to stop a fast break? Dang, yeah, that's a good point. I have to re- like. There's just so, there's so many things with it. Like I'm just I haven't I've literally just saw the tweets on my phone, but I I just I have a lot of question marks on how just the logistics side of it's going to work, but. Yeah, you'd feel like it'd have to be something that was called. Carlisle would be the one, too. He would be the one. Because he's the guy who takes timeouts when he doesn't have timeouts and is like, hey, I'll take the technical. I don't care. Just to talk to my team. He would be the one that's like, hey, challenge. I don't care. Just so I can stop a fast break. <laughs> and it is on a trial basis, too. So we're not sure if it's going to you know last. They intend for it to go through the whole year. They've been doing this in the G League. They've been doing this in Summer League, obviously. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, yes. All right. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back. We'll just discuss more random stuff for the rest of the pod. <laughs> Marcus Morris. All right, Isaac. So the Knicks did some weird stuff today. Um, Marcus Morris, who we thought maybe could be headed to the Mavericks. The Mavericks had space for him. He ends up signing with the Spurs. The Spurs move some stuff around. They they do some wizardy Spurs stuff with the cap, and they get some space. They sign oh, Marcus. Bertans, by the way. They sign Marcus Morris. They trade away Bertans. And now Marcus Morris looks like he's headed to the Knicks because Reggie Bullock apparently isn't going to be able to play for the whole season uh, or part of the season. Or the we we don't that. even know yeah. what's going on with him at this point in time. And so he's going to be reworked. 
um, his deal is. And now Marcus Morris goes to the Knicks. Um, are you still mad at Clutch? <laughs> now that they well, screwed, one, I don't, now that I don't, they screwed the Spurs, right? <laughs> I don't know if the Marcus Morris to Knicks thing is like fully official yet, but it. I mean, it does look a little shady because. The Spurs did. I think they went through two steps. I think they re, they adjusted Damari Carroll's contract and traded off Bertans just to create that mid level for Marcus Morris. And now that Marcus is looking at him, it's like oh, I think I might uh, back out on that. Uh, you know the Spurs are pretty pissed about it, probably. But it's not official yet. But if he does go in New York, that is kind of uh, really intriguing. But it kind of well, yeah. I don't want to go down the whole Rich Paul you know path, but he. I thought you would. De- well, Rich Paul definitely has some doubters across the league, or not really doubters. Some, uh, you know, people feel a certain way about it, and I, I just don't know. I don't know. One, we don't know what's going on with Reggie Bullock. You know, if he becomes free, sign me up. I say sign me up, but I just don't know what that medical condition is yeah. for them to back out of it are they trying to back out of it some because they want marcus morris <laughs> i mean i don't you know is and then one who where, who's playing like what what's going on like who's gonna play like you have randall and portis and marcus morris and kevin knox and barrett and like i mean i feel like barrett should be playing small ball four in some lineups and now you're having I, all of these guys. I said that on the night of when I did a video on the Knicks. I'm like, what are the Knicks doing? I feel like they should at least try R.J. Barrett at four, and now they have no chance to do that. There's absolutely no chance they can do that. There's so many fours. And the, like Julius Randle and Bobby Portis can probably pay back up five. But they're not going to start yeah. at five. Mitchell Robinson can start at five. So maybe you yeah. can spread it out that way where like Bobby Portis comes in as the backup five. And then I guess you play Taj Gibson next to him, but then – like, I don't know. Now apparently, if Reggie Bullock's out, that adds a wing spot that you can put Knox in, I guess. But then you'd still you, you want Knox to be a four. I feel like I feel like he's in that Kuzma yeah, kind of like, stretch yeah, four. Yeah, Bullock can of. play like the two. <laughs> so now yeah. you're replacing Bullock. And with like a, apparently, also at that fifteen million number, I was I was reading some uh, what Jeff Siegel was saying about it. They they might have to cut Damian Dotson, and he's like a pretty good like two guard that they've been developing over the last couple of years. Interesting. Well, I just, don't, I, mean, I just don't understand it for the Knicks. I get it for Marcus Morris. My, my point for Marcus Morris is this. I said this on Lockdown NBA today. Here, here we go. Marcus Morris, is this is genius because it's he was, not genius. He was going to make $10 million this year. Playing, he's gonna, then he was going to make $10 million the year after that playing for the Spurs. Now what he gets to do is he gets to go play for the Knicks or play, quote-unquote, for the Knicks for $15 million. Then he's going to get bought out, right? He's, he's going to get bought out. He's going to be able to go to the Lakers or the Clippers or wherever he wants to go, Houston. And then he'll be a free agent again next year when there's not as much money or there's not as, as many free agents out there, and he's going to get paid again. So he's going to be able to double dip in free agency, plus getting paid $5 million more. It's genius. Mm. What would up uh, – okay, yeah. I mean, I get to an Even extent, if he doesn't but... get bought out, he gets the one-year deal, so he gets to double dip in free agency. Yeah, but would you rather play 15 minutes a game in New York or play an integral role in the Spurs and probably make the playoffs and play in the postseason? If he gets, I think that if could he help get, your... If he gets bought out, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but if he gets bought out, he might not make his $15 million at that point. He might have to give up money to get bought out. He's still making more than the $10 million he was going to make this next year for the Spurs. Not if he gives up more than five. Yeah, but that's a to lot. To get bought out. That's a lot to get bought out. Yeah. And the Knicks don't have to agree to it either. 
Right, but at the end of the season, when they want to start playing some of these fours that we just talked about, they're going to have to buy out some of these fours. Or they just keep them on the roster, though. I mean, that's, They could do that. However, we've seen more often yeah. than not, guys get bought out. For sure. And it's... And, and I, it's a... Yeah. Do you, you want a cantankerous upset Morai either. brother in your locker room to just be there and to, you know, create hey, fire? Fu- I mean, okay. Who throws a punch Bobby at who Portis. first? Marcus Morris or Bobby Portis? <laughs> Bobby Portis. <laughs> Bobby Portis is literally I don't know why we don't talk about Bobby Portis in the same vein that we talk about these other guys. He literally punched a teammate. Punched <laughs> yes. it in the face. And like it's become like a joke meme funny thing. And I'm like, no, this isn't this like dude that literally fun. punched a teammate. <laughs> um, we need to use hey, him I as mean, the example when we talk about upset teammates. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah, the Knicks are weird. I don't have anything else on the Knicks. It sucks for the Spurs, what? but, but that's fine with us. <laughs> uh, we're still on Russell Westbrook. Watch. Uh, you feel like, I mean, it could happen any day. Uh, we have no earthly clue, and no Miami idea. is still the still the biggest buzz right now is the Miami thing, and so yeah, you guys like the rest of us. We're just kind of waiting to see. Just, I just want him to go to the East, you know. I don't want him to go to Minnesota. That's just another team we got to fight against at that point. Uh, yeah, I like I that, to- that when Paul George left, it kind of pulled the the thunder out of the playoff picture. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the, but without. Paul George, they still didn't they make did they make the playoffs that year? Yeah, because he was the MVP. Yeah, that year. they still wouldn't have a bad team. Yeah, it's like because I mean they have Gallo, Adams, Ferguson. I mean they have Gilgis Alexander now. They got players. It would still be a decent team, but they're just we don't think they'd be a playoff team because of the, all the rest of the eight teams we just talked about that are good. Yeah. Yeah. And Westbrook is for all his problems, he is a very good regular season player. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I I told Nick this before. I was, I am kind of surprised that no national people have thrown out like even Dallas, even just mentioned Dallas and said, "Oh yeah, Dallas has cap space. They could entertain it, but no, they won't." Like nobody's even like mentioned them, and it's like kind of weird. It just uh, doesn't make sense are... on so many levels. Oh, for, for sure, one hundred percent. But it's just it's you're surprised kinda... that no national people are idiots. Is that what you're? <laughs> well, no way. <laughs> I just yeah, I just thought people would throw it at least try to throw it out, and then some people would get mad. It it's so funny seeing like Pistons and Heat fans and oh, pretty man. much any Wolves fans. It's like anybody you try to link Westbrook to, they just flip out, and it's it's hilarious. There I mean, are Westbrook stands too, but... though that are like. Yes, bring him on to the Pistons or Timberwolves. There are there are those out there. I don't understand. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't understand if you are Detroit or you know Minnesota. Like you should want him. You're not getting any free agents. This, this yeah. is not what you do. This is not like take him and go for it. But the young cores, uh, especially Isaac, the young cores out there. What will the young cores do? Okay, yeah. Let's not do this because of Luke Kennard. <laughs> Detroit is what will for Seiko sure. Dubu- can- what will Seiko Dumbuya do, Isaac? He would do great things in OKC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did see. I did see the fact that Tyler Tyler Hero. He's been playing in summer league. Still I feel like I've heard more his- about Tyler Hero than I have about anyone else in summer league, even Zion. He still hasn't played. He has, still hasn't signed his rookie contract. Hey, he's he out, can, he's and, out there. 
And well, no, I, I'm just saying a lot of people think that's because he he could be in the deal, you know, in the Westbrook deal. I just think it's kind of weird that he's playing in summer league and hasn't signed his contract. He's a first round pick, though. He still counts against the cap. Yeah, but I think yeah. yeah I, oh, but isn't it the lowest number? Because you can give rookies like 120 percent of whatever it was going to be, though, right? There's like all these rules about rookies, and you can give them a certain amount of money, and yeah. So maybe they're holding off for that. Yeah. Oh, Tyler Hero. Good I'll old, good old rectangle Tyler Hero. Uh, square Tyler, Tyler Square with his wingspan. What if Dallas walked out of the Westbrook trade with Winslow and Tyler Hero? That would be that would be acceptable. That would be a, a big <laughs> Especially time since win. we just discovered yesterday that Winslow is a three point sniper now. Did not did not realize that yesterday. <laughs> we didn't know it. Uh, okay, anything else from today? Just such a random basketball day. Yeah, it was just random. Your boy Nas Little uh, just put everyone on a poster. Oh my yes. gosh. Freaking love Nas Little. And Jackson Hayes, while we were recording yesterday, was just was blocking and dunking. I mean, those are two... Those two, could they be in the dunk contest? Can we put them in the dunk contest? Jackson Hayes is so freaking athletic. It's crazy. And you know, another thing, and this this can be our final talking point. OKC shifting into this rebuild. This is another freaking team in our freaking division that is now going to put together these like young cores. <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, now with SGA in a couple years, they're going. I mean, they literally have two first round draft picks for the next like five years. Yeah, <laughs> between their picks and Clippers. Unless they're and the Miami's. Suns, they'll hit on one of those, right? Like the Suns, famously, they, they Pre- had. Presti's pretty good at drafting. He is, if he's good, he's not good at keeping them, but he's good at drafting them. That is for sure. But like you know, they have they have SGA right now. They have all these draft picks. They can go out and get another young piece if they wanted to use some of these assets. But they're I mean they're set for this rebuild with around these young you know the young stuff. Memphis stuff we've talked about with Ja and Jaron Jackson Jr. Now Brandon Clark. New Orleans with Zion and all the Lakers core. You have Dallas and Luka and KP. I mean, this whole dang division is unbelievable. <laughs> Just as far as these these young cores that are kind of on the up. So many young cores. What will we do with all the young cores? The Mavericks are ahead of a lot of those teams, though. Oh, for sure. I mean, because I mean, our duo is better. I mean, you have a video coming out on duos, right? I do have a video coming out on duos. I don't know if it'll come out tonight, but it'll come out soon, the next day or so. Sweet. I ranked a lot of the duos on uh, talent compatibility and prime relative age to their primes. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. The, the Mavericks so, yeah, core came of- pretty high, and I, I had to recalibrate it a little bit. <laughs> We'll do a podcast on duos around the league, and maybe we can do our own. We'll do our rankings, all this stuff. But what about Luca's Instagram post the other day? Does with he his look dog a little skinnier? With his yeah. dog, with Hugo, he looked a little skinny. Luca, if if Carlisle's only said one thing about Luca this off season, it's he needs to get in the best shape of his life, and uh, looks like it. I'm so intrigued what Luca's going to look like come training camp when we come media day. Porzingis is bulking up and Luca is thinning down. We're just not going to recognize either of them when they come to training camp. <laughs> okay, KP does look like he's bulked up a decent amount. <laughs> like he looks muscle. Like, watch you know, it Drago. at training camp is going to be fascinating. Oh yeah, I mean, we have to put together our bingo card or off-season bingo card. We are who's gained? How many months away 15? are we from that? <laughs> like three. 
Okay, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> of like uh, media day bingo, who's gained you know the fifteen pounds? Actually, we're only the two months pounds away. Of... August, September. Boom. That's training. That is wild. Hey guys, we still do a podcast through August and September. Believe it or not, so uh, they tell us that we can months. go down to three days a week. But our our podcasts are doing so well that we don't want to. We want to just keep pushing through the season, through the off season. I know. And everybody we'll that works is, is very thankful for us. <laughs> yes. Shout out to all the third shift people. Shout we out. Shout out to the first really, shift people that listen to us on the way to work, too. Have a good day today. Yes. What is it, Wednesday? I've had a lot. Have a good Wednesday. This, <laughs> this soccer talk day. has brought in a lot of <laughs> a lot of Guess people from around the world. <laughs> Shut up, Nick. <laughs> a lot of people around the, around the world has reached out from these different countries and is like, hey. I enjoy the soccer talk. I'm from blank country. And I'm like, oh, cool. Thanks for listening. Isaac, guess what day it is? I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Man. Peace out. <laughs>